0: Do you ever wonder what happened to your friends from high school? I mean, you were so close. You laughed together, you cried together, you shared some of the best years of your lives together, and yet, somehow through life, you just lost touch. Now it's time to relive those moments once again. Introducing the podcast that takes you back in time to the place where it all began. This is Class Reunion. We're bringing you all the gossip, secrets, and scandals from your high school days that you won't want to miss. Join us as we catch up with old classmates and dive into the wildest stories from our high school days. From those legendary parties to the infamous cliques, we're spilling all the tea on who's who and what really went down. So grab a seat, turn your volume up, and get ready for a trip down memory lane. Class Reunion, the podcast that reunites us all. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Class Reunion. Today's a special single episode and it's all about Christmas memories. I am recording this on Christmas Eve. I will be heading out shortly with a friend, and we're going to go to Mass, and then we'll have some fun in Marco Island. So excited for that. But to all of my friends that just concluded Hanukkah, I wish you a a belated Hanukkah. I hope you had a wonderful time with your family for eight crazy days and nights. And then we'll get through Christmas here and we'll all be celebrating the new year together. So Mazel Tov. I thought it would be fun to recall some of the holiday traditions back in the 80s or 70s when we grew up. So I sent a text message to my siblings. I have an older sister and two older brothers. And it was really funny. Like, I don't know why we've never had that conversation, but all of a sudden it was it was really cool experience like do you remember when so i'm going to share a couple of things with you but first of all you have to know that sears catalog was life right like that was a big deal when that sucker came and we all circled our items and i mean you looked through it every day every day, every page. It was exciting. So I'm sure everybody, regardless of where you grew up, did something like that, where there was a catalog that you all circled your your wish list items for. I don't really recall sitting on Santa's lap, to be honest with you. I don't have any of those trauma pictures, but I do remember, and I meant to, I'll have to call Yvonne Picard and ask her about this. I think one time the two of us sat, (laughs) on Santa's lap at Tell 12 Mall by Roby Shoes, because I talked to Leslie the other day. And we sat on Santa's lap. Like, I don't know. That was like, I think we were 13, 14. Oh, shouldn't have been sitting on his lap, but we did. And I think we have a picture somewhere. And then we went to the food court, you know, mandatory. But that was fun. So did the catalog. And then we talked about the power of believing. And I never realized, I know this is going to sound stupid, But I I never realized being the youngest, or if you're an only child, that story is important to carry on for all of your other siblings. So my sister made a comment that, you know, as the oldest one, it was her job to kind of keep this tradition going. And I don't know why, I just never even thought about it from that perspective. So she talked about how she'd lift me up, I think it was like in the backyard, and she'd have me look in the sky for Rudolph's nose and, you know, really did a good job of just every year playing that until the next sibling knows the ending of the book and then the next sibling it's got to be kind of strange and so here i was the youngest not even realizing how weird that must be when you're opening gifts that year and you know the secret you know it's kind of interesting i thought that was fun and speaking of the secret how i found out you learn a lot on eldritch lane that's all i'm going to tell you so you know remember my friend julie morrow her mom told me about the birds and the bees Well, Nancy Royal lived next door, a house away. Her mom was the one that told me. (laughs) And I probably should have been notified anyways. It was one of those where I was hanging on longer than I should have. But I think sometimes a lot of us just are fearful as a child. Like, what does it mean then? What will happen? Because it's so magical and there's so many wonderful traditions. And you're just afraid that's all going to kind of go away. So she was bringing, they lived on a tri-level. So she was bringing all these bags of gifts and going downstairs and going downstairs to the lower level. And I was thinking, that's a lot of gifts from just your mom and dad to you, Nancy, right? I was like, she's really getting a lot of gifts from her parents. And by the third bag, Dreama, who I love that name, just saying it, Dreama, she looks up at me in the third bag and she said, you know we're Santa, don't you? (laughs) Hello, Dreamer. And so I think I'm sure I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I went home and I had to tell my mom that I knew. And I mean, it was devastating. I think, I think she had all my siblings come into the living room. That's always a bad sign when you go in the living room where you were never allowed because we had vacuum marks and you just, that was like a, you know, you could never be in the living room. That was only for company when I was surfing cocktails. During their rosary parties, that's a whole nother podcast you have to listen to. But I was only allowed in there if I was, you know, putting a cherry in someone's Manhattan. But we, we, I had to let them know that I knew. And I felt like really bad because there was this... My mom's face was like mad and sad at the same time. Like, I think, I don't know why she would have been mad at me, but well, some, a little bit we know, but it was just kind of like I had ruined it. But then it was also such sadness that it was a different story now. And I'm trying to be careful. I know none of us have kids that were listening to this podcast, but I'm trying to be respectful. So I think it was just now that everything was going to be different. I'm pretty sure it was, you know, a couple of days before Christmas. And so now, you know, her mindset, like a youngest of four, it's just going to be a different holiday from here on out. You can't go back. Right. But anyway, so that's how I, I learned about it. I wonder... I would love to hear your story of of how you found out the ending of the the storybook. But we would read "Twas the Night Before Christmas." We put up cookies, you know, all the usual things. But I do remember one year I actually slept. It wasn't Christmas Eve, but it was during the school break. I slept downstairs in the living room under the tree and just looked up. And I just remember those lights were just so magical to me. You know, it was just so beautiful and yeah I, I I definitely slept under that tree a couple of times probably Nancy's came over as well but it was beautiful and most of us I should look up when artificial trees came in I know like their tinsel ones and stuff were even early you know where people had their martinis by the tinsel trees in the sixties, but we had a real tree for, for quite a while. And we would go to one time we went to a tree farm to cut it down. I do remember that. That was a really cool experience. I felt like, you know, I was on the Prairie. I know I keep bringing that up, but you know, I could become Lingle, Laura Ingalls Wilder like that. And so that was, that was very cool to go and, and chop the tree down. But then I think we just ended up getting it lots after that, but you know, your house would smell and... You had to water it a lot before that sap would form on the bottom of the tree. And that was always my job, having to water that that tree. And then we went to artificial. I can't remember when it was. But my brother and I were talking about even that. Artificial trees. Like, what the heck? They were so heavy at first, like the first models. And you had those color-coded branches. And you had to put them all in and, you know, build it that way, which which was nice. But shoot, those suckers were heavy when you think about it. Like that was industrial. I don't know. I mean, now I I like that they're all with the lights and everything on it. Simple as can be. But yeah, that first round of artificial trees was grueling to take the whole day. Jeez. So then my my two brothers mentioned the process. Of coming down at Christmas. So if you had more than one sibling, you know, the rule was obviously, I think this was universal. You had to wait for everybody to wake up and go down together. You couldn't just, you know, mad, do a mad dash at four in the morning. So we had a colonial and we would be up on the stairs. And I think my, my brothers were always up first and we had to wait for everybody. And then, of course, my parents, you know, weren't going to come out of their room till at least a decent hour because they didn't want to come down five in the morning. So we would just wait, wait, wait and then my dad would go down first and we'd still have to wait and he went into the family room where our fireplace was and we had a AMFM radio with speakers but it was you know kind of fancy and he would put christmas music on loud and then we would all shuffle on down to the family room and we opened our stockings first and i think it was a good tactic because you know it only takes a couple times to have everything go in such a chaotic order And have it be done in 30 seconds. Like the buildup towards Christmas is so big that, you know, you get downstairs and you open those gifts. It is kind of like a lot of work to see your kids be done in, in two seconds. So I thought that was pretty smart back in the day to just divide it up. So we would all go through and each person did their stocking individually so we could all see what everybody got. And it was a big deal. And then we would move on and open the gifts and. We got to the stage in life that we recycled all the bows (laughs) on the gift, which is practical, very practical. But I really ticked my mom off because I was the person that passed out the gifts with picking different names and stuff. And I would just immediately take the bow off and put it in a, you know, a basket to save. And then I would give the gift to somebody. And it was like irritating my mom (laughs) because you know, they wanted to open it with the bow on and then take the bow off and put it. I don't know. So I was just, uh, I i was into recycling really big back then. So I took the bows off right away. But a lot of fun. And we also, uh, my sister would lift me up, you know, to see Rudolph outside and, and look for him. This was before like all that stuff on TV where you could track Santa. So we would try to see him in the sky. And one year I had, being in the colonial, my... Bedroom window overlooked the garage, the peak of the garage. And my dad got up there with a pair of boots and made some footprints around the fireplace. I mean, that was legit, right? That was, that was pretty big, really big, but a lot of, a lot of fun, fun memories. And then as we got older, we were allowed one gift on Christmas Eve. We'd go to church and then we'd come back and open one gift and it was you felt kind of like adult-like you know like we get to open something early on christmas eve and there are a couple pictures where <laughs> i forgot to tell my sister the story that i do remember where i was asleep on the carpet because she would ever so lovingly put a little glass of wine you know there was eight eight years difference with us i think and so she would go into the bathroom and put a little glass of wine on the top of the toilet. And then she would say, Leanne, you know, don't you have to go to the bathroom? And I, I'd go to the bathroom and, you know, a few times drinking Jesus's blood, you know, girl had to sleep. Ugh, I'd be passed out on the carpet, but yeah, it's good to have older older siblings and get you get you in trouble. But, you know, a lot of fun. I don't have any complaints. I think that that time period for us was really special And I do think, though, the shopping craze had to have been, we order everything online, right? So that whole cabbage patch and uh, any kind of toy for the boys, I mean, parents were clawing one another to get it. It was, it's like if it wasn't on the shelf that you weren't going to get it. And that had to have been a panic thing for parents back then. Because there just was no way to know when it was going to be restocked. You know, I think I think the cabbage people, Cabbage Pack had rain checks and stuff, but what a nutty time. What a crazy time to be alive back then. I mean, we're pretty lucky that we can just I I I know we should shop local, of course. Which, oh, by the way, I'm sorry if you're streaming this and you can't see, but I have an adorable little shamrock Santa hat from the twisted shamrock located in Berkeley, Michigan, and my friend Jim Monahan owns the store. So do yourself a last-minute shopping favor and go to the Twisted Shamrock and get this cute little Santa hat. So now we're going to move to what it was like when I had Joe. And it sounds sad because we got divorced right after he was one, but that happens. And one of the things that was really devastating because we did the same sort of thing. You you follow suit with what you know. We bought a colonial fireplace, right? So I was envisioning all of these holiday traditions. And I went to an apartment that year after my divorce and I didn't have a fireplace. And I remember feeling bummed about that because, you know, I had grown up with these great memories and I wanted to share that and, and carry that down to my son, and I was bumped. So my sister-in-law, Mary, down in Florida, sent me, and obviously it's for my brother too, but she sent this beautiful gift. And I tried to find it, and I know I'll find it, of course, after, after this podcast. I, I looked for it, but I've, I've moved so many times. It's in a box. But I still even have the envelope with his name and address on it. So I know the address of the Birmingham apartment, Colonial Court, And it was just a beautiful gesture to get past a rough period. And it was a golden key with Santa's face on the top part and a beautiful red ribbon. It was stunning looking, like really, really legit. And she wrote this lovely note, Dear Joe, I let Santa know that You have moved. I know you were worried he might not find you, but he has your address and he goes to people's houses without fireplaces all the time. And what you what Santa would like you to do is put this key on the outside of the door and that will allow him to come into the house. And then when he's done and he's put your gifts under the tree, he'll leave it on the inside for you to put away for next year. Oh, my gosh, it was such a beautiful gesture. Number one, it was a life saving idea. So I don't know if anybody had experience with that, but this key was, I don't even know where she found it. It was just stunning. And for years, you know, we, we did that tradition and it was just beautiful. Cause from that point on, I never did find a place with a fireplace. Ah, wah, wah. But anyway, but yeah, it was such a beautiful thing. And it was just a, a nice tradition. So of course we did twice the night before Christmas and we had cookies and then we put the key on the door and waited for Santa to put it on the inside the next morning. And it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I'm glad I kept it all these years. It's just beautiful. And then I did ask my son what his favorite holiday memory was. Oh. I'm going in a home faster than you guys can even imagine if this kid has any choice in it. He's going to take my driving away from me and he's going to put me in a home. But I ask him this question every Thanksgiving. I don't know what it is, but at Thanksgiving, it's like the kickoff to Christmas. And I, and I love Thanksgiving and I'm with him and his girlfriend, Katie. And every year I just get the feels and I start thinking about the holidays. And I say, Joe, what was your favorite memory of Christmas? And he said, mom, it's the same one i tell you every thanksgiving when you ask me the same question <laughs> oh god please visit me when i'm eating jello but it's a cute memory that he has so i'll share his memory and then i'll i'll share mine and we'll let you all get on with your holiday and I'll see you next year. His favorite memory is we were in, in, in a, in a townhome and we had just bought this place and we went to church with my parents and my neighbor put a brand new puppy that I had gotten in the house. So when we came back from church, this puppy was in the house. And that's like the coolest thing, I think, as a kid to get an animal. It didn't work out. We got rid of the dog. That's a whole nother story. But at the time it was really cool. So we came home from church. My parents drove away and we're walking up to the door. And I'm holding his little hand, and all of a sudden we hear this rattle of sleigh bells. I kid you not, like really loud sleigh bells. And we look up in the sky and there's this white light that took off into the sky. Now, I'm not joking. I was thinking Santa had arrived. It kind of almost scared both of us. We're like, we got to get inside because we don't want to see him. We don't want to disturb what he's doing. But, oh, my gosh, the timing of that was a core memory for sure. I don't know where those bells to this day came from or that light. But we opened up the door, and then he saw a puppy in a cage with a red bow how can you not believe? I ask you, how can you not believe? That was probably the best holiday. Well, obviously it's the one he talks about every year at Thanksgiving, (laughs) but yeah, it was a beautiful, beautiful memory. I, I, I loved that. Mine is one that he'll be shocked I have, and you can't see it if you're streaming, but if you're on YouTube, I took him This is my favorite tradition. I still have Radio City Music Hall, Christmas Spectacular, the Rockettes when they would come to Detroit. And I was sad that they stopped coming. But every year we would go down to the Fox and he would dress up and he had a little leather jacket on and we'd go to this fancy restaurant next door. I can't remember what it was, but right next to the Fox attached to it was a beautiful restaurant and, you know, the kid was bougie. He ate calamari and we just did this every year as our tradition because also his birthday's January 2nd. So it was like, I didn't always want to have a lot of gifts at Christmas because January 2nd, you need to make that very special. And that's tough because you're also going back to school and nobody wants any cupcakes. So I would save some, some special things for his birthday Not that you need to know that, but anybody had like kids with birthdays during the holidays. It's hard to, you know, make it unique and and on its own. So this was like my gift going to Radio City. My gift too, because I really liked it, but really loved it. And we just would have the best time. It was really a peaceful thing between the two of us that we just thought was so fancy until he did get a little too old to go and. (laughs) thought he was funny. Can't imagine where he gets that from. And there's the beautiful scene at the end, the live nativity scene. And it's just drop dead silent. Like it's very peaceful, super quiet. This woman next to me is crying. She had never been before. It's rather moving, whatever, you know, your faith is. It's just a beautiful scene a live nativity scene. It's it's just done so so well. But my son had seen it a few times up to this point, so we're sitting there, quiet, and at the end of it, you know, baby Jesus is born, and all of the members are around the manger. Members, <laughs> three wise men. Okay, I haven't gone to church in a while, and uh, it's just a stunning depiction up on stage, and this little shit bursts out well, I'm Jewish. <laughs> we didn't go after that, but I wanted to kill him. Not because he you know, wanted to be a, a full-fledged you know, Judaism. That's fine. I love I the concept, but the timing was a little off, right? Timing was a little off. So this poor woman's sobbing next to me. And I got this kid thinking he's funny wearing, you know, the yarmulke. Oh, Lord. That's my boy, though. We always have a lot of fun together. He's he's a hoot. Speaking of a hoot, another thing you're not going to be able to see on the podcast, I'm drinking out of this mug that I got last year. It's an owl. I'm going to take a sip. Sorry, I'm, I'm dying of thirst. It's a Pepsi. I mean, I'm sorry. It's a Coke in there. But that's a funny story. So he gave me this mug last year for Christmas with owl on it. And it it's just funny how things snowball. So my mom had this little tiny, tiny owl that she got on a trip one year. And a friend of hers came over and she said, oh, I see you like owls. And my mom said, well, I guess so. You know, I got this on a, on a trip I was at. And from that moment on, word spread like wildfire that she loved owls. And this woman received owls until the day she died. No joke. And we had owl wallpaper in the kitchen. Remember when wallpaper was big? We had wooden owls. We had cross-stitched owls. We had crystal owls, china owls, you name it. It just was everywhere in our house. And so my mom's biggest joke was like, be careful when you tell people what it is you think you like, because I really wasn't into owls, but I just ended up with all of these owls over my lifetime. So when she passed away down here in Florida, a lot of people were always like, you know, telling me about signs from their loved ones. And I was getting me irritated. I was like, I had done all this stuff, you know, helping her with her leukemia. I thought the least she could do is give me a nod, right? A penny on the sidewalk, whatever. I didn't know. And I was like, this woman is too busy having a Manhattan with her mother up in heaven. She's not going to come down and tell us she's fine because she's having a good time herself. And I was telling my neighbor, Ron, about that. And he said, who knew nothing of the story, and he said, oh, you know, you'll you'll see a sign eventually. And he said, but have you been hearing this owl that's been outside your window in the tree for three days? (laughs) Sorry, mom. I didn't know you were there. For three days, there was an owl. And I do sort of remember hearing it out of, you know, when I would go to my car sometimes, but... I know they're in Florida. But it's just not a very common thing to hear or see an owl. And this poor lady for three days was up there in this tree trying to get my attention and I I missed it. So thank you for coming for those three days, mom. I greatly appreciate it. Shout out to all the owls out there. But yeah, so Christmas is uh, interesting how it's changed over the years. And I I have to stay out of like where I think it's going to go, in my opinion. I think the younger generations are going to, you know, change a lot of it for whatever reasons. And, and those reasons, if they're valid to them, then they're valid to me. But I just, I feel like we were lucky to be in an era where the story was kept alive. We were lucky that we had the respect of our friends that were under different faith that they kept it going for us. I mean, think about it. Like all of my Jewish friends were so in on it and how nice, that's so respectful. Like I I think about that a lot. It was a universal storyline of belief that everyone in our generation held true to. And I know things change and they evolve, but you know, I just wanted to share what was special during that time when I was young. And I know we all felt the same way, you know, easy bake oven and we can name off all of these really cool toys that we got. Mine was baby alive and the really cool electric toys and trucks that my brothers got. And it just was so much fun to have the house filled with all of that energy from believing in that special day and we did grow up knowing it was about baby Jesus. Of course, we had a manger and things like that. But, you know, that gets tossed aside too. Talk about having birthdays in the month of December. Forgot the big guy. So I don't think he brought cupcakes to school. But, <laughs> but anyway, it, you know, it's just been really special to reminisce, especially with my siblings and going back and thinking about what it was like to keep that going year after year. And I'm not going to be with my son this Christmas. I'm going to see him January 2nd because it is his birthday. And I do want to make it special. And I hope all of you have a special time with your family as well. And we all know it's not about the gifts. It's about the love that we package up for our family, of course, and our friends. Uh, so much love to all of you. And thanks for letting me just ramble on my memories. And hopefully it jogs some of yours or Uh, encourages you to call somebody to to reminisce about Christmas back at that time because it was it was a hell of a lot of fun, wasn't it? So blessings to you all. I'll see you in the new year. Thanks for listening to Class Reunion. All right, friends, that's it for this episode of Class Reunion podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show, write us a review and share this podcast with a friend. Until next time.